0: Every time I woke up, I heard him say, hey, today, do you want your healing or do you want me? And it totally shook me because I think that there is for everybody, there's something competing with his presence in our life. There's one throne in the center of our heart and there's only one thing that gets to sit on it. And there's only, you know, one person that rightfully fits into that. But we try to shoehorn a whole bunch of things onto that throne.
1: Welcome to Dreamers and Disciples. We have a great conversation today with one of my close friends, John Ramsey. Now, John and his wife Deanna and their kids, they're all dear friends of our family. We love them a lot. I think you're gonna love him a lot too after this episode. But John was a worship pastor for years at Mariner's Church. So you get to hear a conversation between two ex-worship pastors today. But now John is in the business world in Charlotte. We talk a lot about how to see all of your life as ministry with so many practical small steps that you can put into practice today to bring a ministry mindset into whatever you're doing. Now, John also shares his story of how he navigated having his dream of being a worship pastor cut short after being diagnosed with a brain tumor and the question that God asked him that got him through that difficult time. We also discuss what it looks like to live with boldness even when you don't have the clarity that you're praying for. So there's a lot here. I think you're gonna be really encouraged, but we're gonna talk about clarity, like I mentioned. And so I just wanted to let you know, I have a free guide to help you get clarity in making decisions. It's yours for free. Just go to wayjoycom forward slash 10 questions, and you'll get questions that you can pray through as you seek God on any big decision that you're facing. All right, let's join my conversation with John Ramsey. John, welcome to Dreamers and Disciples.
0: What's up, buddy? Thank you so much. So good to be here.
1: Man, I've been wanting this interview to happen for a long time, because basically, I just love any of our conversations in real life, and I just want people to be able to listen in to your wisdom. So this is going to be great.
0: Oh, dude. Uh, I mean, this is is so fun for me, because you have just become just an amazing friend, and uh, I... I love how you do life. I love how you do life with uh, with Ferris and the girls and how you ask questions well, how you listen well. So I like, uh, I just so appreciate you. So this is just super fun, super fun.
1: Well, let's dive into it. I've been in this season asking everyone this one question, what are you dreaming about? Mm. You can take it however you want to, wherever you want to, but what are you dreaming about, John? <laughs>
0: I feel like that's a good way joy question right there just to, you know, start off with, you know, the, the fact that you would ask about dreaming. So, um, it's on, it's on brand for me. I think so. I think it's right on the nose. So, um, what am I dreaming about? I guess, um, I guess part of it has to do with my, my story, uh, in the fact that I was in, uh, I was in church ministry full time for so many years and then uh, flipped into the business world as a mortgage broker. And um, and so, like, so much of my life, uh, so many conversations I had were about people that, like, wanted to maybe be in what they called full-time ministry. And so, they were just like, hey, how do I, you know, do this? What's the path? What's the, you know, whatever. I want to work at the church, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and so, my response was always... Um, Something to the effect of, uh, you know, what? What do you? uh, You love Jesus, right? And they're like, absolutely. And and so uh, I'm like, well, welcome to full time ministry. Like, you're doesn't matter who, you know, signs your paycheck at the end of the day, um, whether it's a church or whether it's whatever you know, wherever you work. Like, you're in full time ministry. And so, like, my, um, so my life shifted from having that be like that everybody understands like or everybody thinks they understand. You work at a church, you're in full-time ministry. Um, but then when you get out of it, how do you view your life? And so my dream for myself in in seeing the world different, just being in the business world, is that I would see myself in full-time ministry. And not just that, but I would see I would help my family, you know, my, you know, Jackson and the girls and, and Deanna and and the people around me, the people I'm working with that love Jesus, um, that they would see their lives as being in full-time ministry. So that is the thing that like really captures my soul. And the bigger, the, the bigger conversation is that, um, I feel like I saw so many people when I was, when I was on staff at a church, I saw so many people that were amazing people had, you know, so many friends or just connections with these people, but they, they, I felt like they felt sidelined by the fact that they weren't in full-time ministry, that there was this great divide between us and them, between me and them. And right. and I didn't always understand it, but some, but I would like just try to poke at it and just go like, how, how do we get past this? And so now living in this, in this world, I'm able to see it in a whole different light in what it looks like to really be you know, gospel-centric and kingdom-minded and, uh, you know, in f- in full-time ministry uh, and not be on staff at a church. So, that's what, like, captivates so much of my thinking and, um, and you know, what I'm trying to do in work and how do I integrate um, and where the intersections between faith and personal and business, like, all of these things that I want yeah. to see mesh together as opposed to, like— put in different categories. So that's really where my like where my thinking, like what I think about in when I wake up and go to sleep and trying to figure, figure that out in my life. I
1: mean, I, I'm really glad you just launched right into that because that's really where I want to spend most of our time together in, in this conversation because you made a comment to me several times that you actually feel like you are more in ministry now. Mm-hmm. Not on staff at a church than you did when you were on staff at a church. Can you unpack that statement a little bit?
0: Yeah. So I mean, it it comes from uh, s- some things that I get to do on a on a regular basis, and then you know we have friends that are that are on staff, and we know the rhythm of what that looks like. And um, when when you're uh, sitting in meetings and doing, you know, th- there's just things that that um, we know as having been there. That it pulls us out of places and spaces that we really want to be in. Like we like, there's so many folks that they want to be just sitting down and connecting and one-on-one or one-on, you know, a few, and influencing and and guiding and helping, you know, pull into, uh, into ministry, and yet just the gravitational pull in in big churches just like towards organizational stuff, and it just it it just is what it is. And so um, where I find myself. Is in this is is in this funny space. I just I feel like I uh, God has placed me in this most amazing little spot in what I get to do um, as a just as a mortgage guy because legitimately um, I get on a call uh, or or connect with somebody and within five minutes um, people are telling me things that they don't tell their friends, their family. Some people don't even tell their spouses <laughs> some of the information that they're telling me in five minutes. It's wild. And so I'm asking them about, okay, what do, what do you got in your bank account? What do you got? Like, what's your credit? Like, <laughs> yeah. let's talk about the backstory of all the things that we all, um, there's a lot of shame that is, you know, wrapped around this conversation. And so it's really close to the best, um, for a lot of people. And, and so within five minutes, I'm having this conversation. So backtrack to when i was on staff at a church and like i would do one on ones with people and whatever um i'd spend hours or sometimes weeks or you know longer uh connecting with people and trying to poke through the shell so that we could find honesty and that we could get to mm-hmm. an honest place and and go on a journey in areas of you know with uh, you know, emotional spaces or relational spaces or spiritual spaces, whatever they are. And, um, and now like within five minutes, I've made it into a place that is so near and dear to people in their heart and soul that I've, I've looked at it and went, wow, if they're, if they're going to go there with me within a couple of minutes in the financial realm, I wonder if they'd go with me there in the emotional, the spiritual, the relational realm. So it has just opened up doors for me to have conversations that are different than just the normal, probably the normal mortgage person is asking. Because I've, you know, we in doing what we've done for years, like we grow a heart for people that like is it is, you know, maybe a little unique or we just see the world different and whatever. And so that I've pulled that into my space and, Mm -hmm. and going like, oh my gosh. So where it's, where it's led me to was, um, this past January, I decided to, um, do something where I, I sent out a mass, uh, I sent about probably, I don't know, 700 texts or something like that to, uh, to people and just said, Hey, can I be praying for you this year? And so, um, uh, there are people that don't follow jesus that do follow jesus that you know are are that i that i work with that most of the people since i've moved from california to north carolina i wanted to focus most of it on this new season in life and so most of them were were here and so they were you know mortgage guys so realtors and you know attorneys and other you know mortgage folks and people that i work with and blah 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 and clients and all that so i probably had like 200 people that respond and they're like oh my gosh this is amazing and people that you know, again, don't know Jesus or do know Jesus, and so I I printed out a little picture of of everybody, and I wrote down I copied and pasted into a, a Excel you know sheet or whatever, and um and just I have that in my my wall in my uh, my office of just like all these pictures of all these people that are my my intersection of faith and family and friends and business and all of that um, because just trying to intersect that into my soul because my mm. natural inclination is to separate all that, which I think is is natural for us or it's at least where we've been conditioned to think that that's what we need to do. And so I put it up there as just a reminder for me of like, no, 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 these these people, um, they just said yes. They just said, okay, yeah, pray, right. pray for me. And I get to um, uh, weekly just look and just peer into the, Uh, into the eyes of, you know, friends and business people and, you know, all of these, all of these folks and just go, Hey, I'm going to pray and I'm going to bless. And, and, and the, the thing I've told a few people this, and it's been like, it's been baffling to a few people. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I guess we didn't know that we could. And they're like, I didn't know I could do that. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's just a Facebook message or a text or whatever. I'm like, why not? Why not, why not do it just to create conversation, just to create closeness and you know, all of that. And so hmm. there's all these different ways that I'm finding right now to whether it's, you know, with clients and just, you know, hop on the phone, then all of a sudden it goes to I mean, I talk to people, I know I'm all over the place, but um, awesome. I talk Keep to going. people I talk to people um, you know, in the mortgage space. It is one of the most, you know anxiety-ridden, you know, uh, nervous times of their life. So just to sit down and be able to, like there's times when I pray for clients when I, you know, on my first and in, like initial call or, you know, throughout the journey or just have different conversations just to be present, Jesus was so interruptible. And so that's the thing that like in, in my daily, what does it look like to just be interruptible Um, And just pay attention to people as a pay, just pay attention to my own systems or my own, you know, just numbers or something like that. How like, that's boring, like paying attention to people and the fact that there, there's a lot more going on than just the conversation that we're having. So if I can just zoom out a little bit and just go like, Hey, you know, anything else like what, you know, and just try to dive into some other things and it's been remarkable. I mean, last week I had this lady who's who just started weeping on the phone, and she's like, "I am so sorry. Like, I you're a mortgage person, and I I have no idea why I just said all that." And um, and I said, "It's totally okay." And and you know, I could tell it was appropriate to say like, "Hey, I was you know, I was a pastor for years. Like, I'm really comfortable in this space." And she started crying more. And and so it's just. Um, But all of that is just opportunity for anybody, no matter Mm -hmm. their background. That's the thing that I'm like so taken with is like, it doesn't require a background. It doesn't require a title. It doesn't require an educational experience Mm -hmm. or just this all, you know, whatever we think that I'm, you know, not qualified for this opportunity. It doesn't require any of that. It just requires us to listen, which you do such a phenomenal job of just listening and then asking questions and and being with, and so um, so that's the you know that's the journey that I I feel like I get to go on. So when I say more ministry, it's just more opportunity to hear um, hear those small moments to actually be present, life on life kinds yeah. of experiences.
1: First of all, I love your passion about this. Um,
0: <laughs> just a little bit, but
1: yeah, I think I, I could. I'm glad you you mentioned. It doesn't require certain background because I can imagine someone listening to this and saying, well, John can do that because he used to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. But I think what you're describing is what Christ intends all of us as the church mm-hmm. to operate as, to yeah. go into our our day-to-day with that perspective mm-hmm. that you know our purpose isn't somewhere else. It's not, uh, our ministry is not somewhere else. It's exactly right where we are. Yeah, And so I think for you, what I love about you is this, the intention that you bring to every day, because you could go into a, a meeting with a client and it just be a meeting with a client, mm-hmm. but because you said you're paying attention, you're looking for those opportunities to ask, just to ask the simple question of, can I pray for you? Or to to pick up on the fact that someone might not be doing okay in that moment. Yeah. And so I think, like you said, it's you're not having to go in there and teach some doctrinal thing about... <laughs> about yeah. the Trinity to no. make it ministry. Uh-uh. It's just, it's going in there and, and listening, being present, paying attention, being prayerful, and just seeing what the Lord does. Yeah. Last yep. night I, I saw Carlos Whitaker, he was in town and oh, he was yeah. talking about his book, is that awesome? um, How to Human. And one of his main points is like, you have to see people. Mm-hmm. And so that's yeah. one yeah, of the yeah. things you were driving at. You have a story you told me recently about when you saw someone, yeah, and it involves a trash can. And I would love <laughs> for you to share okay. that story because it really—I was thinking about it a lot after you told me.
0: Yeah, so um, it, it, it's uh, so. Let me back up just to what you said, and then I'll and then I'll go into that because I feel like what I'm doing is not Jesus level thinking. It's like Peter level thinking. Like it is. It mm. is if you are doofus level or above. Like you're qualified because it's just – it doesn't require much except a little bit of posturing. It just requires a little bit of like waking up and going, oh, I'm going to see the world like this. I'm going to put on these lenses to the world. That's really all it takes. And um, and so it's perfect that you brought that up because that's kind of – this story for me um, is – one of one of the stories that helped me, or in the season that helped me, learn to perceive and see um, what is going on around me in in better ways. To see, you know, what the Holy Spirit is doing, what what other people are are doing, and you know what's what's happening. So I was in this season. Um, I got a buddy that has this. Uh, uh, organization that's solely built around generosity and so I was working with him for a year in uh, in it and so uh, in that he was challenging me uh, and so I had this little mantra or this little like f- like prayer that I would wake up to every day that was around generosity and um, and it was just to uh, uh, to Lord would you you know help me um, see people around me today, see what you're doing. And if I have the opportunity to step in, would you, you know, give me the, the strength and the courage to, to step into the story and see what you can do. Something like that. I mean, it wasn't, um, it was, it was probably worded better than that, but essentially that's what it was. And so, uh, in this season there, there started to like, these stories would pop up simply because I was intentional about when I woke up, I put on lenses, and asked Jesus to open my eyes, he's already working. So it was me that I just need to see that and I need to pay attention. And so this increased my capacity to love people more, my capacity to like for joy. I mean, it was, it was profound. I think by the, when I told you the story at the end of it, my biggest thing was like, I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I'm experiencing stories like this anymore. And, and Deanna, uh, Said to me, she's like, "No, John, you just you're experiencing them differently. You're you're like." And so she went on to explain and encourage me. She's like, "No, no, this is your everyday life." And I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." So what? Here's here's the story that um that I love. So, um during this season of me asking you know praying this prayer in the morning, I'm uh <laughs> um, went to Starbucks one morning since Southern Cal- Southern California and Costa Mesa, and um I'm on the phone outside of a Starbucks. And uh, I'm I'm just pacing, uh, waiting for my phone call to be done so I can go in, order my thing, and get out of there. And so I'm I'm just walking up and down um, the the Starbucks, and I see you know I'm just like at those windows, and everybody's facing outside, so I'm kind of looking at people while I'm on the phone. And I see this girl uh, stand up, her meeting with this other lady finished, and the other lady walked out, and then this lady walked out, and uh, she goes she goes to her car, and I'm not paying attention except. I guess I'm just paying attention more to life in this season. So, um, uh, I, I remember vivid details, like she was in a Volvo and, you know, th- those kinds of things. So I was paying attention. So she, um, she gets out of her car and she, uh, uh, after a few minutes and she walks, starts walking in the parking lot and she's like bending over and like picking up like scraps of paper and something, you know, something like that, puts them down and starts walking it. And so she comes back to the Starbucks she walks in, she walks back over to that window seat where I'm just walking back and forth on the phone and she starts looking and, and, um, uh, she's looking for something. And so I, I'm just on the phone and I interrupt whoever I was talking to. And I said, Hey, look, I got something brewing right now. Uh, that's not a pun on Starbucks, but that's what I said. (laughs) Um, and so I got something brewing right now. Uh, let me call you right back. And so I I walk into the Starbucks um, doors and I meet this lady um, at the trash cans and she was sitting there just staring at the, the, you know, the sugars and the cinnamons and the, you know, syrups and all that stuff. And, and just standing there right at the trash cans. And so I walk up to her and, and say, um, I'm like, Hey, I'm like, uh, we're on a scavenger hunt. Huh? Like, what are we looking for? She's like, what? And it's just totally baffled. And I'm like, I, we're looking for something. I need to know what I'm looking for. And so still just totally stunned. She says, I was here with the lady. I wrote down a phone number that I desperately need and I can't find it. And, So she's sitting here staring at, you know, looking at me and kind of standing right next to the trash can. So I look at the trash cans, I look at her, I look at the trash cans, look at her. I go, (laughs) let's go. And so I fling open the doors and I pull the trash cans out of the, uh, you know, out of the thing. And I pull the, the trash bag out of the container and I pull hers out and I put her like one in front of her and one in front of me. And she doesn't move. She just is like staring at me in just bewilderment of what is happening right now and so i go let's go and so i dive in i am shoulder deep in starbucks cups and eventually cream and sugar and just you know all the things and so i'm going through everything and she's kind of like okay, I'll just like maybe look at a few things, whatever. But I I get all the way down to the end of the bag. If you've never seen the bottom of a full Starbucks trash bag, uh, it is a, a small pond. And so uh, it was just liquid uh, and just grossness and just sitting in there. And I look down and there is this little scrap of paper floating on top of the Starbucks pond in the trash can. And so I pull that out and I just, I, you know, just look up at her and and show it to her. And she just like, she first lights and then she just starts Mm -hmm. tearing up. And she's like, what in the world? Like, who are you? And I just got to say, like, I saw you. That's it. I saw you. Mm. I just, I saw that you were, you know, that there was something going on, you were looking for something, you were in distress, and um, and so I just wanted to be a part of the story. And she's just like, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know where you came from. I don't know who you are. And so um, we talked for twenty seconds. And I said, Hey, look, I'm a, just a disaster. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go wash up. It was great to meet you. I'm I'm glad we got your number. You know, I uh, have a good one. So for me, like that has just been a marker for me of that I got to like celebrate like the good one because we all have these ones where like oh we chose the right you know on the choose your own adventure path yeah, we we exactly. chose the right one and we got to the end and so it's <laughs> like there's many others where I'm like oh I failed that one but um, but this is just one of what it looks like to wake up in the morning ask God. That he would give me eyes, but not just eyes, but he would give me courage, which is what it took. Like I could have, I could have been on the phone and just go, I see her, but I don't have the courage to hop off the phone and then to walk around and then say, like, what are we looking for? Like that takes takes a little mm-hmm. bit of something. They all take all of these stories take a little bit of something from us, but for me, what it took. And the, the return on investment was so much – was so worth it because I've gotten to just celebrate. Now, I'm sure that she's thought about that moment, um, and she might have told some, some people right away, but I've thought about it a ton, just going like, that's how I want to see people. That's how I want to interact with the world of just going and, – and I think we get our training in small – like moments that don't matter all that. Maybe, maybe this mattered huge. I have no idea. But, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't like, you know, it just seems, it's just, it still seems small. Like it's just, it's small. I have a number of other, these stories that just seem small, but how that has shifted my heart and changed the posture of my heart to go there was so much joy in it. There was so much life in it. There's just, you know, those kinds of things that I'm like, oh, that's the person that I want to be. And I don't, it doesn't have to be once a year. It can be, it can be daily. And, And it's our blessing. It's, we're the ones that when we get to step into somebody's story, we're, I mean, I'm far more blessed by what happened there than what she was, but it was because of that prayer Um, and, you know, seeing like, you know, what he's doing and what his, what his actual kingdom looks like in, in real time. I, I got to peer into that in that moment and, um, and then just be able to courageously step in. So, um, that's, that's been something that's, you know, shaped me.
1: Well, I mean, ever since you told me that story, I've been trying to pay attention and to really ask God, like you said, to give me eyes to see, but also the, the boldness to step out and actually act on what I see. Because that's been a big theme of my prayers this year is boldness. Mm. And so I, I think you're right, they have to go hand in hand. You can't just see somebody, but you actually have to draw close to them and speak and act and give of yourself and be generous. Mm. So yeah, that's, I, I think everything you're saying today, like you said, you're not asking people or encouraging people to take these giant steps of faith. Mm. You're just saying, hey, be, be faithful in these small things mm-hmm. They're not always easy things, but we change other people and we change ourselves through consistent small acts, small steps. And that's so encouraging for me because that's accessible to everybody. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we can get so disillusioned because we're not doing the big dramatic things that we think Uh, other people are doing. uh
0: Yeah, And and we become smaller, even like just smaller and smaller because we're like big is where it's at. Big, big stages, mm-hmm. big things, big, you know, ministries, big opportunities, big conversations, big, big, big. And, I, man, I so fully agree that, like, and I think that Jesus personified it in so many stories where it's, like, a woman with a bleeding issue. And, like, mm-hmm. and, a, a, you know, a moment that he just, you know, kneels down or, you know, somebody that with uh, that's blind, like, just, just. They, they seemed oftentimes like very um, just these little moments. Now they're going to look different than our moments, but like, but they're just little moments. I wonder, don't you wonder what Jesus did for those 30 years? Like, what did that look like? Maybe it wasn't like uh, finding a little paper in a Starbucks trash can isn't miraculous. So like, it was just seeing people. What were the stories of how Jesus saw people? Cause he grew in favor with God and man. What, what would it look like? I mean, what, what did that look like? I, there's there, he didn't just, you know, it, it, he, he didn't change. Like he just, like it became his time, you know, when he said to, to Mary's like, it's not my right. time. So like she knew, like he obviously had a character that he developed in this so what what did that look like i think it i mean a lot of it was he was able to see people see into their soul see into their heart see into he 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 was interruptible in that ministry time that didn't just come like he developed that over those you know uh the years prior to that or that was innately him and he personified it either way that showed up in so many different ways and so yeah i don't know i
1: want to yeah I want to hear those stories, those stories in the 30 years. (laughs) Right. Um, Now, you've mentioned being interruptible a couple of times, which we've talked a lot about on this podcast about having healthy rhythms and slowing down, being prayerful, having moments of solitude. But everyone has important things going on in their life. Like you're a busy man, I'm a busy man. Everyone who's listening to this, they're probably thinking of, all the to-do list, how do you practically encourage somebody to build that margin to be interruptible when they feel like, I don't know, okay, I see that person, but I've also got to go pick up my kids from school. I've got this meeting I've got to get to. How do you balance responsibility
0: with interruptibility? I mean, I'm thinking about, um, I think about how you do life um, and like you you're such a good listener. Like I, you know, I said at the top, but um I think that that is that is the key to it cuz you got I mean we'll sit down for you know, dinner or whatever and you could rattle off a thousand stories. But what and you and you can, but like you you listen well i just think that that is the marker for for that and it's listening it's listening like to you know people's words but also listening to the things that people aren't saying like you know people speak a lot with body language or you know with their whatever else is going on it's 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 being able to read the room right and mm-hmm. and so i think that that's a huge part of it it is um so our, I think, our natural inclination often is uh, to do what I want to do, and you could that would be a marker for for immaturity, and a marker for maturity is being able to see outside of that and being able to uh, love love people, see other people, and and be in their story. You know, be like find out about other people. So I just think it's a it's a posture of the heart that we train, is it, is this moment more about me and more about me speaking and more about me, uh, getting my point across or, or anything it's, I mean, it could show up in a thousand different ways. Right. Or is it, is it humility? Is it, you know, uh, listening, is it perceiving and then courageously stepping in? So I I just think it's that, that heart posture is what we're after. And how we develop that is well, like I'm, you have to go read, you know, Dallas Willard or something like that to, you know, how you develop it. But how <laughs> I've developed that in my own life is exactly how I described: is an intention, um, like a prayer of intention that would start my day, and the more that I pray that, the more that gets into my psyche. That changes my lenses so that I see the world different, and then I, and then respond. And that I was thinking about when you're talking about boldness. Um, I remember this. I remember this time when um, I I was driving past this guy um, who was walking, and I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, stop. And so I went. I stopped. Now I don't know if the Holy Spirit said, stop, like I maybe, or maybe not, but the win was I was bold enough to do it anyway, whether it was him or me. And that's the thing. Like we go, well, I have to know that this is what I need to do. I need clarity before I'm going to show up with my boldness. What if the clarity was very low and the training the training ground was about boldness and courage so that we strengthen the boldness and courage and from there he goes okay now i'm going to bring more clarity all i needed to do was increase that muscle now i'll increase your your you know Mm -hmm. uh perceptiveness so that we can now use that muscle in in real time in real life in the kingdom but I mean, this is what we see from, from Peter. Like he was, he was bold, but he was, he was doof. Right. And so, but, (laughs) but look what he did. Look, look what Jesus was able to do with his boldness and just like, it took him a minute to, for him to like um, put the lenses on Peter. That would be correct. But he grew into that, but the, all the stories that are, walking on water was through his boldness, not through his clarity. And so he just, he was, I mean, foolish enough to think maybe. And I think that that's where we we find ourselves, our insecurity keeps us from that because we don't want to look foolish. And so what yeah. would it look like to, to be able to shed some of that and just go like, hey, I'll, I'll stop. I don't, this could be totally wrong. I'll say something, you you know, when we, when we speak, you know, trying to speak life into people, like have to do it in such humility. And, you know, I say to people, oftentimes I heard, um, I heard a guy say this, um, but, but he said, Hey, this, this may be the Holy spirit, or it could be heartburn. Like it could just be indigestion. (laughs) And so I had tacos for lunch. It could just be that. But um, so take it, you know, uh, you know take it and and distill it down and see if it's the Holy Spirit speaking you know uh, through me to you but um I think that just that being able to step into that into that boldness will then bring us into more clarity more opportunity and I think that's the point the point isn't just the one-offs the point is the storyline the story arc of him going I'm gonna change you so that you how you do life and how you, exist in the kingdom, this upside down world that, that Jesus has shown us. Um, like this is what it looks like to, to live in it. It's not clarity you know, first. It's boldness first. I think.
1: I think that's a really encouraging word that honestly can set a lot of people free because so many of us and I, so many times in my life, I've been afraid to take mm, a step until I achieved maximum clarity.
0: Yeah. yeah totally. And that
1: rarely comes. I, I think at best you, get 75% when it's something that's not already clear in scripture. And that's a good point too. I think a lot of times if I feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit to go talk to somebody to encourage them, even if it was heartburn, if I'm encouraging them and acting in a way that is Mm Christ-like, that is in accordance with the scriptures, then even if it wasn't the Holy Spirit, it was still a Christ-like act. And I would say, honestly, that anything you were doing that models Christ to somebody is the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit. And so sometimes we are waiting for this audible, dramatic, it keeps going back to that, but this revelation from God that this is what I want you to do. When so much of that is already outlined in his word. And like you said, we just have to internalize it so that that's the way that we enter our day, wanting to walk in accordance with the way that Christ walked. Mm -hmm. I would love for you to talk about just, I mean, a, a time in your life I didn't know you then, but I imagine you didn't have much clarity when you had to step away from your church job to the season that you're in now, because that was something that wasn't part of your plan. Can you talk about just the medical issues that kind of came out of nowhere for you? And and because we talk a lot on this podcast about when your dream doesn't turn out the way you expected mm, it to. yeah, And how painful that can be, but also how formative that can be. In our spiritual development. Yeah. Can you talk about that journey and what you learned through it, what you struggled through it, or how you struggled through it? I think that would really encourage a lot of people mm. to hear.
0: Interesting enough, I have a couple of those, but so the, I'll share one. Um, so I was a, a worship pastor for, for years and was in, uh, back in 2013, uh, was in South Orange County as a as a worship pastor and uh and uh one day we were up at this uh this camp uh called Hume Lake it's like our home away from home uh up in uh middle of California in the sequoias and i started having headaches so it's up at altitude and so uh, as we were driving up there uh the the we we're leading worship at this camp this weekend and the the band we brought we we're just we're all in the van we're they're being loud and i'm just like i was over it i'm like guys shush like this is this is killing me and so I um I I spent the whole weekend up there just like headaches and throwing up and just like uh, just gross and and whatever felt horrible and uh and then came back down the mountain and I felt fine I was like ah something you know altitude or whatever and and so um turns out uh I went into the ER on a Tuesday night And uh, the ER doctor starts running tests and uh, finds a massive brain tumor. And 24 hours later, I was in a 12-hour surgery that um, totally upended my life. So I went from, you know, uh, worship pastor and and my wife and I like, you know, I had released albums and been traveled all the world doing music. Like it's it's who I thought I was. Like that's, you know, that was my identity. And, um, and in surgery, they, uh, severed my right hearing nerve, which like I, ever since then music and like trying to put in ears in and, and all that just sounded like noise. So it just, it just like instantly, uh, that moment that week, um, I was even hosting a, a, that weekend, the next weekend I was hosting this, this huge, uh, worship conference at our church um, and I got stuck in the hospital right you know whatever so it's just like it was just it was just um, it's hard it's really hard I also got uh, I they agitated my facial nerve so I walked out of there and for a year my like my face was sliding off my face and um, couldn't couldn't move half my face and um, and then I got this other thing called atypical trigeminal neuralgia which is a nerve pain where I was in Pain probably twenty eight days out of the month, and um, and so all of this just converged into like this massive identity uh, crisis, and you know frustration about like who am I or what you know whatever. But right at the beginning, and this is a test testament of like that Jesus saw everything coming. And took me on a journey prior to that, that I was hearing God's voice and following Him in in uh, in just in real time. And so, the night after, maybe two nights after my surgery, I'm I'm uh, my nurse says something to me. She's like, "Oh, I don't you need know, like oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know why God, you know, would do this to you, or you know, something like that." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm like I don't I'm not wrestling with that at all." I'm like, uh, you know, that's, you know, God has, God's got a plan for me. And and like the next night I had this prayer that was, um, or this like, it was like three in the morning and I felt like God just showed up and he asked me this question. He says, what do you want more? Um, Do you want um, your healing or, and how I heard it was my glory, but you know, like, do you want me or do you want your healing? And so three in the morning, I'm, I'm, you know, on drugs or, you know, whatever. So I'm, I'm loopy and, uh, but like oh, awake enough to know, like, I need to wrestle with this question. And so for half hour, hour, like I was just wrestling through this. And I said, I said, okay, I want, I want you, like, I want you above my healing. And I, I know that he wasn't asking this, like that, you know, it's one or the other, like it's not mutual exclusive, ex- exclusivity, but, um but I was like, okay, I want you. Okay. And then I was like, did I answer it right, Jesus? Do I, do I, do I get my, do I get my <laughs> healing now? And, um and so I didn't, and I, I fell asleep. And uh, what was remarkable is I heard him say it the next morning. And for a while afterwards, like every, every time I woke up, I heard him say, hey, today do you want your healing or do you want me? And um it totally shook me because I think that there is for everybody there's something um there's there's something competing with you know uh his presence in our life and there's there's one throne in the center of our heart and there's only one thing that gets to sit on it and there's only, you know, one person that rightfully fits into that, but we try to shoehorn a whole bunch of things onto that throne. And so whether it's good things like healing, cause it's not bad, it's not about, it, it, it's not just about sin, but it's about what is good, but not him. And and so I was doing that prior of like my identity was placed in uh, a little bit more in my my role than it was in my Jesus. And that was, uh, so I had to, I had to like kind of unearth that, but <clears throat> then there's so many other things that just vie for attention in the center of our heart. And so, um, so I think that, you know, it didn't turn out like I had planned, but what does that mean? Like, what's like, what, what do we get to, we're never promised that, um, the the only thing that I got to do is go, okay, there's another chapter in the in the journey. And what is what does God have for me now? Learnings, blessings, his presence, my, you know, opportunities that that shifted and changed and, and all that. And so it just looked it just looked different. It wasn't necessarily better or worse. It's it's better or worse if I have something else besides Jesus on that throne. That's that's when it becomes better or worse, and when other people hear it, depending on what resonates with what's on the throne in their heart, is how they perceive um, my situation being better or worse. And we do the same thing, you know. If it, if it's if we have something that's really important to us, and somebody loses that or gains it, uh, we call it blessing or we call it you know uh, the lack thereof um but if it's simply Jesus and we're able to perceive his his movement god's movement the spirit's movement in in our life then it's like well everything else is like you know not not as good in comparison so as long as you're still with him and in his presence like okay it's good so Uh, I think, I mean, I had so many learnings from, from that journey, but like the identity piece and just like kind of ripping me away from the things that I held dear to go, how valuable are they? And what, what does it mean to, you know, align yourself with an, an idea or a title or a, you know, a thing as opposed to a, a who Um, and, and uh, who that who is. Really, really matters.
1: I mean, everything you just shared was so profound, and how you, even how you look at it, in terms of who is on the throne in your life, or what you have placed on the throne in your life, even determines how you evaluate what's going on in someone else's life in their own circumstances, and how you see them. And just that question: Do you want me, or do you want healing? I mean, I think whether it's healing or not, everyone has a version of that something, question. It's something,
0: we all have something. Yeah. We have something in, our, in one hand and something in the other hand. And, you know, God's going, you want me or you want whatever that is, could person, place, or thing, whatever idea could be, you know, whatever it is.
1: And I, I like that you you even said that it's it wasn't a question you answered one time, uh, like once and for all. It's It's so it's a, daily. It's so daily. Yeah, daily, moment by moment. Kind of wrestling with with God on that.
0: Yeah, it's, I, I heard. I think it was Dallas Willard that said, "Like the Christian life would be so easy if it wasn't daily." That's, I, I mean, it, <laughs> exactly. It, it's just a one and done. I mean, like, oh yeah, you make the decision. Uh, I'm following him, and you know, think, I pray this prayer. You know, uh, that's easy. It's the fact that the question remains the next day. And the next day, and the next day, and you know, we take up the cross not once, but but daily. Mm-hmm. Like that is the part that that is the following Him is, uh, and it's and that's the journey, right? It's not it's not just a yeah. you know a, a one time thing, but yeah, I fully
1: yeah, I think that's honestly a really great place to kind of leave people in this conversation. I mean, we could go on for another hour because I have so many other questions I wanna ask you. So this is part one of your interview. We'll bring you back at some point. I wanna encourage anyone listening to ask yourself, what do I want right now? Do I want Christ or fill in the blank? Mm -hmm. And like really have the action step today of of, of praying that prayer and really being open-handed with your life. Because I think that question and that prayer is the foundation for everything else we've talked about Mm -hmm. on this episode. That's the foundation for going into your day and laying aside your agenda and being interruptible. Mm -hmm. That's the foundation for, okay, I wanna see and value others more than I see my own need. Mm -hmm. It all starts with that question. And so I would love for you to pray for people that they would be able to to really lay down everything else in their heart that is competing with Jesus. Mm. So just pray for the person who's struggling right now. Who's, I don't know in a place exactly like you, you were in that you were describing in your story where their Mm. dream got ripped away Mm. and they're right in the middle of that tension. Will you just Mm. pray over them right now? Yeah.
0: Lord Jesus, thank you for this sweet space um, to lift up, lift up our hearts uh, to you. And, uh, I see in my own in my own heart today there are things competing uh, for what I find valuable and important, and so I know that I'm not alone. I know that there's there's others here that are there's something that's competing, and um, so God, I just pray pray freedom over um, their their hearts and minds. First, I just pray for um. Awareness, just, just make us aware. If we're not honest, we're we're uh, we're not in the right place. Let us be honest with you, with where we're at. Just just be able to start there, and then, Lord Jesus, help us to the things that we clench with our fists so tightly that we are like mine, 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 uh, like toddlers. God, would you just help us open up our our hands uh, and just have whatever that is, whatever, whatever it is that we're desperate to hold on to, would you just help us be open-handed with it and trust you. Um, and for there, there's probably some who may not be in that position of being able to trust you. So God, that I pray that trust uh, that is in their hands that they would just be able to open that up and that you would prove yourself trustworthy to them. And uh, for others that are holding on to something else, it could be sin, it could be something that is, seems like it's good, but it's just not you. Um, it, it could be health issues. Uh, it could be uh, opportunities or job or finances or just, I mean, there's a whole litany of things. Um, God, help us to be an open-handed community, help us to believe and to trust that you have uh, plans for us that we don't know. And, um, and they may look different than how we've set them out, but you are a good God and you're good to follow and uh, you bless in mysterious ways. You take things away in mysterious ways, um, but you always, Uh, You always have us, you, we trust your love for us. And so in that, um, God, I pray that we would just be able able to entrust um, our hearts and our lives and our experiences and our stories uh, to you. And God, I I also pray for Wade in just this important work that he is doing, inviting people into dreaming again. God, I pray that you would um, encourage him uh, challenge him, uh, bless him. Thank you so much that he is who he is uh, on screen and off screen and just uh, the man of God that he is. And, and I just pray blessing over him uh, that you would uh, uh, chart a path for him, give him boldness. And as he becomes more bold, give him clarity. So, pray all this in your name. Amen.
1: Amen. John, this has been awesome. I feel like people have gotten to eavesdrop in on just one of our regular conversations. Um, I love your, like I said, I love your passion, but I love your just your humility. And just this, every time I'm around you, I feel like you, you really seize the day. You have this joy for life, this hunger for more of God that just comes from being in the presence of Jesus. And mm. so thank you for Thanks, just buddy. being a great friend to me. Appreciate thank that. you for sharing your heart with our listeners and can't wait to have you back for part two, <laughs> whenever
0: that comes. Uh, love you buddy. Thanks so much. Love you too.
1: Thanks for joining us today for Dreamers and Disciples. And I just wanna leave you with one very practical step you can take in response to what we talked about in that episode. And that's just to share this conversation with someone else because you have no idea how God may speak to someone through a podcast episode or through a YouTube video. So if God spoke to you through it, then he might want to do the same in someone else's life. So just share the link. It's that simple. And then while you're at it, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode as well. All right, we'll see you back here next week for more Dreamers and Disciples.